felt like the Lord was really leading us uh, to believe big for 2019, to put some some dreams, some goals, and a vision out in front of us for 2019. Anybody find that useful this week? It was it was fun praying about it, thinking about it, uh, seeking the Lord about it. <clears throat> so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what that looked like for our week, and uh, go from there. I did want to mention though. Today is the first Sunday of the month, and today is our Growth Track 101. So if you want to be a part of Westside Church, that is the perfect place to show up. Uh, right after church, it goes for about an hour, we talk about Westside Church and uh, where we came from, our beginnings, what our God has for us for this area. And so if you want to uh, find out more about Westside Church, that's where you start, is Growth Track 101. And we'll feed you. We'll feed, and, and we'll watch your kids. So come on now. That's like best of both worlds, right? Um, so if you want to stick around for that, we do that 101 this week, and we'll do uh, 201 next week. And we do that every month, first and second Sunday of the month. So if you want to be a part of Westside Church or find out more about us, that's the place to be. Okay, I had to get that off the plate so I can get going. So um, vision, vision, having a vision, not just having good vision, not 2020 vision, but having a vision and a plan and a purpose for your life. You know how important that is? Anybody? You know how important that is? Vision's important. Knowing where you're going and what you're doing keeps you on track in tough times. Keeps you on track in good times. Because it's easy to get off track in good times too. Real easy, actually. But vision, having a plan, a purpose, especially when you've taken the time to hear from the Lord, boy, it'll guide you. It'll help you. Is that true? Is that true? So... Let's look at a couple scriptures. I want to I want to look at a couple scriptures that we saw last week, just to um, cover them again, just so you can see where we're going with this. But uh, John chapter sixteen, if you'll turn there with me, John chapter sixteen. Jesus has given us some direction. Last week we talked a little bit about how how we need to seek the Lord, seeking the Lord. It's a it is. Sadly, a lost art in Christian circles to seek the Lord, but we can seek the Lord. We can find out what his will and his plan is for us. And we saw in the Old Testament that the kings and, and the priests would not do things without seeking the Lord. The king would always ask, where's the prophet? We need to seek the Lord. We need to find out what God's plan and purpose is for this time, for this season. Amen? And they didn't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. They couldn't go to the Lord for themselves. They had to go to the prophet. They had to go to the, the priests. True? We have Jesus, the spirit of Jesus living on the inside of us. Those that are born again and made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says that we are one with him. He's in us. That's amazing. So we can just check on the inside. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What does 2019 look for me? Look like for me? But we can go to the Lord for ourselves. In John 16, <clears throat> Jesus is telling his disciples, verse uh, 23, he said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's good news. Amen. And then skip down to verse 26. It says this in that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the father for you for the father himself loves you because you have loved him and believe that I have come forth from God. We read this last week because it's important we recognize that we need to do our own praying. That doesn't mean we don't ask for help. We don't, that doesn't mean we don't go to other people and say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling. I need some prayer. I need some help with this. But we don't want to rely on that because our human nature is, let's have somebody else do it. 
you know, if I get the whole church praying, I can just relax. Huh? But the Bible says if any of you are suffering, let them pray. Let them pray. So we need to learn to pray and seek the Lord for ourselves. So my resolution, I guess, for you is, and for us as a church, is to learn this year how to hear from God for ourselves. Man, is that important. And when you learn to hear from God, it solves so many other problems. Because he'll tell you what to do. In every situation, he knows exactly the right thing to do. But we have to go to him for ourselves. It's not enough to just call the pastor and ask for prayer. You can. I'll pray for you. But your, your best advocate is you. Right? It's true. We'll help you. I'm not saying don't ask people for prayer. That's not what I'm saying. Don't substitute it for your own prayer life. That's what I'm saying. So important. So important. And Jesus said, don't ask me to pray the Father for you. You go to him for yourself. That's what we just read. You go to him for yourself. Ask him in my name and he will give it to you. Come on now. That's good news. That's to the New Testament church believer. Ask the Father. So what are we asking him for? Because 2019 is wide open. We just, we just barely there. It's wide open. I'm telling you, God wants to do something dramatic and exciting in your life this year. Because we don't know what we're facing, but he does. And he wants to do something great in us. In us and through us. Not just for us. Not to just bask in the pleasures of life. To do something through us for others. Think about how fun that is. It is truly more blessed to give than to receive. It is. We have to do our part. We have to do our part. <clears throat> well, let's look at uh, the same, in the same chapter, John chapter 16. Just go back to verse 12. Verse 12, it says, <clears throat> I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, that's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That sounds like fortune telling, but it's not. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us and give us a heads up on stuff coming so we can make plans and preparations so that he can guide us and prepare us. Think about how cool that is. God wants to give you a heads up on what's coming so that you can have, be ready for it. You'd plan differently if you knew the trip was going to the Rocky Mountains versus the beach, right? Different whole, different set of clothes, whole different set of plans, whole different set of itinerary. God wants to help us. He wants to guide us. He will show us things to come. <clears throat> He'll show us how to pray, how to uh, <clears throat> minister to people, all of this. It's beautiful, right? He wants to show us things to come. This is how we get to finding our vision that God has for our life. This is how we get to finding the right dreams, the right goals, the right uh, things to pursue. Because all of us can find something to pursue. The question is, are we pursuing what God wants us to pursue? It's true. <clears throat> the interesting thing about following the Lord is, rarely will he tell you to pursue something that has an obvious outcome. We'll do the math, you know, in our lightning quick minds. We'll do the math and start to connect those dots and go, oh, if we do this, it'll happen like this. And in reality, God's trying to do something completely different in us that gets us an outcome we weren't even thinking about that's far better. Everybody say far better. He wants to do things for you that is far better than you can even think or imagine. And he knows how to get you there. We just got to be willing to pay the price on the front of just being obedient. Anybody have kids? So... When we're training our kids, right, we're teaching them to be obedient even when they don't want to, when they don't feel like it, 
Boy, if I hear that one more time. Right? Even when they're saying it's not fair. Right? We train them to do it anyway. That's part of our job. Guess what? We're God's kids. And he's training us to do it whether we feel like it or not whether it seems fair or not, you just obey because we know as parents that if they learn these lessons of cleaning up the room and doing the dishes and putting their stuff away, not talking back, being respectful, parents are looking at their kids all over the place, right? <laughs> we, we, when we teach them these lessons, we know that they'll learn to keep a job, right? They'll learn to respect those in authority, right? <laughs> Keeping a job is kind of funny these days, but it's true. I mean, you look at statistics and adults are on their 10th, 11th, 12th careers. This is the norm. Just jumping, jumping, jumping. We've got we've to be as trainable as we want our kids to be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Lord, I'll do that. I don't feel like it. I don't see how that's applicable. <laughs> I don't see how that fits into my life long term. I will do it. Learning to hear from him. Amen. It's important. It's important. And it leads us into finding a vision and a plan and a purpose, being willing to pay the price on the front end, being obedient. It's amazing what that will do. It's not always easy. Sometimes God asks you to do something and you're like, sweet, right up my alley. Most of the time he'll ask you to do something you're like, uh, did you get the right address? Because, uh, you know, I'm no good at that. Right? Stretching, using your faith, walking and stepping out in something that you weren't sure you could do, but God knows the end from the beginning. He wants to show you things to come. It's amazing. <clears throat> Think about this. What if God has gotten you to a place exactly where he needs you right now? In your life, in your family situation, you think about, well, how could this, how could this place be exactly where God needs me right now? There's, there could be circumstances around where you're supposed to be that are not fun nor favorable. But you could be in the right place at the right time to do exactly what God's called you to do. Think about that. See, we always, we're always trying to get to the next one. If we can just get through this season, the next one will be better. In reality, we've got to just rejoice where we're at right now and say, okay, Lord, I'm learning. I am learning everything right now that I'm supposed to learn so I don't have to take this test again. Because you will take it again if you don't pass in this season. You'll get to meet the same other rascal with a different face in the next season and figure out how to deal with them all over again. Like, Lord, I keep doing this. Pass the test. Learn how to deal with difficult people. Learn how to have a good attitude in certain situations and circumstances that are not super fun. Pass the test. There's, there's a place for all of us. See, I, I don't believe in coincidence. The matter of fact, the Hebrew for centuries and millennium didn't even have a word for coincidence. I believe God gets us into the right place at the right time. Many of you just kind of showed up, came to church one day, saw the sign, rolled in, felt at home. It happens. God will get you to the right place at the right time. So all of us here, I don't believe any of us are here by accident. You need to hear something today that God needs to get to you and he will speak to you if you'll listen. There's a reason why we're here. We're gathered together. We have a purpose, a destiny, a calling in this community to reach the lost, to be a light, to be a hope. And you're part of that. You cannot be here and not be a part of that. It's the body of Christ. It's not just the mouthpiece. It's not just the feet or the hands. All of us joined and fit together. We all function together to reach those that have no hope. All of us. Think about that. 
you're in the right place at the right time. You think it was just a random pick. But see, God got you here. Right? He's got a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not lost on him, the stuff that has happened. Your past, the stuff that, man, you've gone through, going through right now. It's not lost on him. He knows what's going on, but he has a purpose. He has a plan in you. Not, he's not, his purpose isn't in the junk. His purpose is in the getting through the junk. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not the valley of death, the shadow of death. What seems to be death. He said, yea, though I walk through, you are with me. Boy, that's, that's the kind of attitude Christians need to have. You're with, he's with me. He's with, I don't care what it is, he's with me. Right? He's with me. Habakkuk 2, this is our vision verse. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. It says this, I will stand my watch. I'll set myself on the rampart. That's the top of the fortified wall. I'll set myself on the top of the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. The just live by faith. Then the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write the vision, make it plain. Last week, we handed out these uh, sheets that you have in your hand. Some of you brought them back. I gave you homework. And the, the assignment was, and this still is true, if you just got that today, the assignment will still work. Do it this week. Take it home. Pray over it. Talk with your family, your spouse, your loved ones. Involve your kids. But talk about what 2019 looks like. Talk about dreams and goals and passion. Talk about what it would look like to go after the things of God. What would it look like? Make a, make a plan. Make some vision. Talk, seek the Lord. See what he would have you do this year. Stretch a little. Right? Don't make the goal so lofty that it's a five-year goal when it should be a one-year, right? You can make five, make five-year goals, make 10-year goals. But put something out there, seek the Lord, see what he tells you to do this year. Some of the things on there were, how many people do you want to lead to the Lord this year? There's probably a question you haven't asked yourself in a while. That's probably the best question a believer can ask. How many people do you want to lead to the Lord Jesus Christ this year? You talk about a best friend in heaven forever. They'd be like, well, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from that. Think about what we're doing when we lead someone to Jesus. Heaven forever or hell forever. You think they'll be grateful? Come on now. And we're not doing it for accolades. We're doing it because we love people. We don't want anybody to go to hell. Not one single person. So who do you want? Who is it? Who's on your list? Who are you praying for? Who are you believing God for? There may be somebody you're believing God for that you don't even have a hand in actually leading them to the Lord, but your prayers and your persistence and your love for them will be the catalyst, the seed sown to get them there. But there's somebody God has for you to lead to the Lord. Put that on your list. I dare you. If it's one, you'll get addicted to it when you get the one. Man, that was fun. We got to go for two. Put it on your list. How many people do you want to share your story with? Your testimony. You know, we get, we, get, we get caught up in our stuff, you know, and it's okay to have natural goals and ambitions. Don't let it trump the rest of it. Don't let it knock out the stuff that we're going after in the things of God. Don't do that. Let God be God. Let him work in you and through you. You have a plan and a destiny and a purpose. It's true. Write the vision, make it plain. When you write this down, 
there's something about going back and seeing it. Something about it being on paper where you can read it and look at it again. You know, this year and next year and the year after that to see what God has done in you. The changes. What you were believing for, what God has fulfilled. There's something powerful about that. Write the vision, make it plain that he who reads it may run. That includes you. When you read it, you can run with it. Like, oh yeah, that's my goal. It's important. We're going to pray over those at the end. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We've got to have a vision. We've got to have something we're looking to. Amen? Got to. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. There's something about seeking him first. So I challenge you, let this year be the year that you seek him first. That you go to God. That you find out what it is to hear from the Lord. 2019 can be a great year. It's really up to you. What are you believing for? What are you going after? What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? It's important. 2019. Are you excited about it? You should be. It can be a great year. And it's totally up to you. We're not just at the whim and whisper of every circumstance. When Jesus was in the middle of the storm, he spoke to the storm. Yeah? You, don't, you only get pushed around as much as you want to be pushed around. If God gave you a vision, Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat, go to the other side. That's all they got. Lord, what do we do? Which direction do we go? Do we set sail? Do we use the motor? You know, do we paddle? Do we swim by the boat? No, no other direction. Just go to the other side. That was enough. And they get out in the middle and they're, they're a mess. When Jesus showed up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. He took care of the circumstances and the problems. I'm telling you, the direction of the Lord will get you through to the other side. But it is up to you. Are we in despair? Lord, what are we going to do? Or are we going to speak to the circumstances and the storm and go to the other side? You can. You absolutely can. Let's get through to the other side. Amen? That's, that's what we need to find out. Is what did he tell you to do? What is he telling us to do in 2019? Here at Westside, it's win the lost. The heartbeat is the lost. That's the heartbeat of God, the lost. That's what he cares about. He cares about the lost. And when we're in, we're his kids. And he's given us instruction, written, <laughs> about what we get as inheritance, as being his kids, here and now and in heaven. So he's like, listen, you're in. You're in the kingdom. I love you. I've got a great plan for you. Read the book. Check it out. Follow it. Do it. You'll experience it. But God's heartbeat is the lost because they're not in. So our heartbeat has to be the lost. Think about it. Pray about it. Lord, who is it? Who am I supposed to lead to you this year? Lord, who's, who's the one? Who's the 10? Who's the 50? Set me on fire to lead people to Jesus. You will get opportunities. I promise you, people like that, that have vision and passion for the lost like he does, God will get you opportunities. And it may be so in seed. You know, statistics say that people that make Jesus the Lord of life on average hear the gospel seven times. Seven, think about that. So where are you at in the process? You might be one. You might be six. You might be 12. They might, you might be the 12th person they've heard. And on average, it's seven. You might be the one. Are you ready to give your heart to the Lord? Think about it. It won't happen until we make a plan for it. It won't happen until it burns in here. That's why we have dreams and goals and visions. Put something out in front and say, I'm going after this this year.
you will never regret it. Amen? You guys doing okay? Is it just a little too warm in here? Do we need to cool it off a little bit? (laughs) God is good. He loves us. He loves us. You know, it's it's interesting because um, we can become callous to the things of God. And uh, if you've ever done any kind of outside work, gardening, building, construction, concrete work, you find out that you can build calluses. Anybody figured that out? You can, and your, your body will, will do a pretty good job of protecting your hands when you work with your hands a lot. And I'm, I'm not near as calloused as I used to be, uh, a little more tender, tender than I should probably, but I've worked with guys that were concrete guys that moved panels around and, and laid brick, and these guys' hands are so thick. I mean, you can feel it in the handshake. You're just like, good night. Do you even feel this? Just thick. I heard one guy say he was working with a bricklayer and he, and he, at break time, he would take his pen knife and he would just, uh, carve at his calluses, the, the stuff that was, that needed to come off the trimming, they call it the trimming of the callus and couldn't feel any, you can't feel anything. I mean, it's so thick. You can't feel anything. And that's what our body's designed to do is become calloused by this repetitive motion. But our hearts can become calloused, not in a good way. It can become calloused to the things of God where we just don't feel things anymore because we're busy. We've been, we've rubbed that over so many times that it's just, we just don't have any sensitivity anymore. It's gone. And sin will do that. Separation from the Lord will do that. Just mundane repetition of living life will do that. But when we come before the Lord, honest, heartfelt, and just say, okay, Lord, use me, help me. I want to be sensitive to your spirit. Your body will eventually, those calluses will wear down and they'll come off and you'll be back to tender again. That's not a great thing in the construction field. It's a great thing in the spirit world. You want to be tender and soft before the Lord, quick to listen, quick to listen. And you can get there and it does not take very long. We don't want to be callous. Do we? Not at all. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and repent. Now, I realize I am probably preaching mostly to the choir in a church on Sunday morning, right? Y'all made it. Congratulations, right? Got up, brushed your hair, took a bath. Thank you for that, right? You're here. But even us serving the Lord, we can become callous in the areas of our lives. And we can become callous to things that are not right, that we've got to repent of and lay aside and pursue the kingdom of God. It's important. Paul told us in Hebrews, he said, therefore, this is Hebrews uh, chapter 12. He said, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race, look at this, that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That means the race you're running has been set before you. That means God's got a part in this and you have a part in this. He's laid out, he wants to lay out the course for you so you know where to run and how to run. But we've got to run with endurance. That means there's some effort involved. I don't want to sugarcoat Christianity. There's a lot of things that are just hard, but I wouldn't have it any other way. The world is just running, 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 and they're not even on the right track. Think about that. At least we've like started at the beginning on the right track, but we want to run God's race for us because it's the race that he set before us. 
We've got to run with endurance the race he set before us. And we will not get there until we have come before the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Show me, show me. And he'll show you. He will show any heart, anyone that's willing to humble themselves, say, God, I want to, I want to do your will in my life. I'm telling you, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's always good. Even as a kid thinking about following after the things of the Lord and, and selling out, like the, the one thing that comes to mind is like, if, well, if you do that, if you sell out to God, he's going to put you in a prison in China. That's just, you know, that's where everybody ends up that sells out to God, right? And we just have this idea of it's just going to be this turmoil. But in reality, God wants to lead us into his perfect will, and it will not be all roses and daisies. But being in God's perfect will, even if it's in a prison in China, will turn out for your benefit and for his glory. We just got to be willing to lay it down and say, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. I will do it. God is good. Amen? Whatever you want. And just get this picture of he's a good father. He loves us. He has good plans for us. He wants good things for us. They require discipline and endurance and running the race that is set before us. But there's a prize at the end, and it's coming quicker than we realize. Jesus is coming back for the church. He's coming back for us. He promised it. We're in the last days. We're there. It's prophesied, and the the prophecies are fulfilled. We are just waiting on the Lord Jesus to show up. Come on now. That's exciting. But that means we're close to the end. And when God tells us, and gives us a foreshadowing of what's to come. When he prophesies about the coming Messiah, his second coming, over and over and over again, it is not to bring fear to our hearts. It's to bring hope to the righteous. We're to be excited. We're to be excited about Jesus coming. The the reason why there's signs, it's like driving into Spokane. When you're driving into Spokane, there are signs. Spokane, 200 miles away. Spokane, 144 miles away, right? As you get closer, the number gets smaller. It's because it's an anticipation of you are getting closer. These signs that we see in the earth is an anticipation of it's getting closer, right? We're getting closer. And it's it's like a runner. At the end of the race, the runner doesn't keep the same pace. When they get to the last part of the last of the race, what do they do? Exert it all, right? Lay it all on the line. This is it. We're in that season. We need to lay it all on the line, lay it all on the line. So I'm encouraging you this year, this is your year to hear from God, to seek after him, find out what is the race that he set before you and run it with endurance, run it. But we've got to go before him. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves, take time out, separate ourselves and hear from God. And he will, he will honor that and he will speak to you. And you'll be like, that preacher was right. He's talking to me. I heard from God. It's exciting to hear from God. And it should be normal for Christians. Normal for us is to hear from God. He's our father. It's not abnormal. It's not once a year, once in a blue moon. We should be hearing the voice of the Lord in our hearts, in our spirits on a regular basis. Right? I'm not talking about audible. I'm talking about on the inside, our spirit, the real us, hearing from the spirit of God. It's exciting because he'll guide us and he'll direct us because he loves us. It's so important. When Cody and I were writing down things we were believing for just even a few years ago and just see one after the other after the other, God just fulfilling, just things on our heart, things we wanted to accomplish, things we wanted to do. Westside Church was on our heart. We were at the very, very beginning of Westside Church when we were meeting over in the school. And we were just believing, God, just bring us, 
bring us the right ones. Bring us the people you have for us to connect with and to love on and be family with that we can encourage and grow with. I mean, you guys sitting here are an answer to prayer. Years of it. You are an answer to prayer. Come on now. You guys. An answer to prayer. God's fulfilling things in our hearts because we were willing to go before him and say, God, what do you want us to do? And he showed us some things, not all of it, but he showed us some things to do. And he's still revealing things for us to do. So if you've ever wondered if you're an answer to prayer, you're an answer to prayer. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. He is good. You know, this, um, this Psalm 91, I don't know if you guys have read this recently, but it's a protection psalm where we can go before the Lord and just uh, be covered by him. But I felt like it was important for us to recognize this going into 19, that we read this and see what the Lord is saying to us in it. So Psalm 91, let's look at that. If you're taking notes, you can go back and read it. It's a good psalm. Psalm 91. <clears throat> this is about abiding and staying in the presence of the Lord, hearing from him. He says in Psalm 91, verse 1, he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That's a trapper. He will deliver you from the snare of the trapper and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And in their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. The Lord wants us to trust in him. He wants us to put our hope and our trust and our lives in him to to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. In the Old Testament, uh, God instructed Moses to build the temple. And it was a temporary temple at the time because they did not have a habitation yet. But Moses did it exactly the way God told him to do it. And when he was finished, the Bible says when Moses' was, work was complete, the Lord descended in a cloud and he dwelt in the tabernacle. That was the house of the Lord. And it was mobile. It was movable. God would instruct them to move, they'd move it. But then Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem. And it was a permanent structure. It's not there now, but it was built to be a permanent structure. And he did it the way God intended him to build it. And the Bible says that when he was complete, that the Lord inhabited the temple. Now, this is the Old Testament. In the New Covenant, the Bible says that we are the temple of God. Us, human beings. And he wants to take up residence in us and live in us. And dwelling in that secret place, recognizing, believing it, thinking about it, meditating on it is the key, is the secret to accessing the promises and the truth in Psalm 91. His protection, his life, his covering, his getting you through things, it's key to recognize God lives in us. But it takes this dwelling, this time with the Lord. So that's what I want to encourage you. Again, 2019, spend time with the Lord. Dwell in that secret place. Find out what it is to just get quiet before the Lord. And if you've never done it, 
you just got to try it out because God is so faithful. Get your Bible out. Read a few scriptures and say, Lord, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I, I know that I want something more than I have. I want to grow in something more than I have. And spend some time in his word. Fellowship with him in his word. Don't just try to knock out chapters. I read 50 chapters this week. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not going to help you. Right? I mean, well, what did you read? I uh, think it was in the Old Testament. Right? I mean, just get, in, get into the word and read it for the good that's in here. And if you get stuck on a verse, stay there. Camp out. Maybe you need it. But the Lord will help you in reading the word and spending time. Carve out, carve out some time. Find, start with five minutes if you have to. God will meet you there. He'll speak to your heart. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He wants to fellowship with us more than we want to fellowship with him. That's why Jesus died, so that we could be redeemed, set free, and have fellowship with the Father again. Think about that. God Almighty, who creates planets and stars, wants to spend time with us. Think about it. I mean, that's amazing. Young and old, spend time with us, because he loves us. And that's the key. It's truly the key. Okay, so your vision. Cody and I wrote down a few things, talked about some dreams and goals. And uh, I, to- I joked with you last week that we were going to pass them up and I was going to read them all, but I- I'm not going to do that. These are for you. <clears throat> these, are, these are a challenge and a homework for you to, to sit down with your spouse, your kids, you know, loved ones, just somebody that you can use as a sounding board and just say, I feel like the Lord just directed me in this area and, and put some things on paper. Write them down. Use the paper if you want. Write your own, but write them down and put them in a place where you can look at them and refresh your memory on what it is that God has put on your heart for 2019. It's important. We have, uh, we have several series coming up, one on prayer, one on faith uh, in this new year. <clears throat> Just critical, critical subjects for following the plan of God for your life, for just being one of his kids and just knowing what the Bible says about you and what God has called you to do. So important. But as we walk out this year, you will get so much more out of what God's teaching you when you've got a plan, when you have something in place to say, okay, this is, this is why God's teaching me this so that I can execute the plan he's given me. This is why he's given me wisdom and revelation. James 1, 5 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men without, without reproach, without making fun of you. He gives it, gives it to all of us. So if you need wisdom, ask him. He'll give it to you. Amen? So what I want to do now is I want to pray over our, our dreams, our visions, the things that God has spoken into our heart for 2019, and just release faith into watching God do what he promised he would do. Amen? You know, you got to release your faith. It's not enough to just believe that God is and that he loves you and he wants good for you. We've got to release our faith with our words. We've got to speak what we believe and stay on it. It's important. It's important. So we're going to do that. So if you have that or or if you have just the sheet that we just passed out and you're going to go do that this week, we're going to pray over those and seek God and believe that God was going to do something great in our lives in 2019. You want to do that with me? All right, so if you got it, put it in your, put it in your hand. Uh, share it with your, your spouse, your loved one. We're going to pray over them. Everybody ready? You ready? All right. Father, we just thank you for new 2019. We thank you, Lord, that we are in the right place at the right time, that you called us here 
to live our lives in this age, in this part of the world, right here. That was you, Lord. We're so grateful for that. So we just lift up these dreams and these visions and these goals, Lord, things that you have put on our heart to be a blessing to the world, to the people around us, Lord, to the body of Christ here. We're just so grateful for the opportunity. So Lord, we lift them up to you. We're releasing faith right now, Lord, that you will do exactly what you promised, that your word is true and right. And we just submit it to you, Father. And Lord, we ask that we would hear clearly, that we would understand better than we've ever understood what your purpose and your plan is for us, Lord. That when you direct us and you lead us, we purpose not to be callous, but to be quick to repent, quick to yield, quick to lay down our agenda and to hear your voice and to hear your leading. So Lord, we thank you for 2019. We are committing it to you. We thank you, Father, that you have set things in motion. You have set uh, dreams in our heart, Lord. And we just thank you that you are faithful to fulfill the call in us. You are faithful to uh, yield the promise that you've asked us to go after. And we're thankful for that, Lord. So we just declare this will be a great year for us in Jesus' name. Great year for our families. Great year for our kids, our work, our jobs, our church, our friends, Lord. A great year of going after and seeking after the kingdom of God. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe it's going to be a great year. I believe it's going to be a great year. We are so close to Jesus coming back. Just looking at the signs, we're close. We have a job to do, amen? That's the sprint at the end of the race. Let's just do it. Let's just run with whatever God called us to do. Part of, the, part of uh, fulfilling your call in Christ is being a part of a church. <clears throat> Whether you call this church home or you have another church home, there's visitors here, you might be from out of town. It's the holidays, around the holidays. Part of fulfilling the plan of God for your life is going with and being part of a local church. It's one of the greatest things God's doing in the earth. Jesus said on, to Peter, on this rock, I'm gonna build this church. Amen? And it's important that we recognize that God works in the church to be a blessing to the world. And by and large, the church across the world has not done a good job of being good salt and good light to the world. We have found ways to blend in more than we should have, when in reality, we're called to stand out. There should be something different about us, right? There should be something in us that shines through. And so when we, we come together and we encourage one another and we get full of the spirit of God, full of the word of God, something will shine through. It's inevitable. But being a part of the church. And church is not a spectator sport. It's a participation sport, all right? It's a, it's a participation that leads us into the gifts and callings of God. Some of the things we learned about. So I encourage you, Wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord or being led or directed or guided, be where God called you to be and be the best, the best church member, the best helper, the best servant of all that you can be. Because in serving, in serving is where the call comes up in your life. In serving is where you recognize gifts and talents and abilities that you didn't even know were there. And it's so important. Amen. 